Welcome to Essex Church and to this religious community of Kensington Unitarians. It's Sunday morning and it is good to join together with others for an hour of singing and silence, thoughts and prayers. My hope is that in this next hour, each of us will find something that connects with us and with our lives. Some message, perhaps, from a deeper part of ourselves. Some way to feel held, perhaps, by that which we consider to be divine. That spirit of life and love that I believe links us all. Ours is a community created by all those who walk through our doors. So whether you feel quite new here this morning, or are someone for whom this is your spiritual home, all are welcome here today. And today's service has been created as a celebration of friendships. And I bid a special welcome to those of you who have um, been brought to today's service by your friends. It's good to have you with us and I hope we'll get to talk if you're able to stay for our congregational midsummer lunch afterwards. And I want to acknowledge at this point that like any human endeavour, Friendship can have its challenges and its painful aspects. So let's take time to consider those who may have lost a friend through death or through a parting of the ways. Those who may find friendship difficult, yet perhaps not always understand why. Here on a Sunday morning at Essex Church, we aim to acknowledge and accept all that is in this rich, varied, confusing thing called life. And so this day we welcome you, however you happen to be feeling, whatever burdens you are inwardly carrying, wherever you have been and wherever you might be going. Life has brought us together for this time and in this place. So let's together make this a sacred time in a holy place. I light our chalice this morning, this simple flame that connects us with Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over. Our chalice is lit this morning in recognition of the connections in this place. The connections between us gathered here, the connections with those who have gone before us, the connections with those who are yet to be, and connections with our wider world. Welcome everybody. This is a poem written by a very old friend of mine, Cheryl Moscovich. She spent some time in a school and wrote many poems about children and for children. 
and this is one of them. I saw her crying in the corridor on my way back from the loo. I recognised her from the playground, the little blonde girl from year two. They were really runny tears, snot was dripping from her nose. I think I've lost something, she snivelled. I said, that's how it goes. That didn't seem to help her much. She just kept right on bawling. I felt really stupid standing there while all my friends were calling. What's the matter then? I whispered so that no one else would hear. She looked up, to, she looked up at me and smiled and sort of wiped away a tear. Look, I said, I'm kind of busy. You know, I'm from year three. She said, I've lost my lunchbox. Would you look for it with me? You see, I have this reputation because I'm in the juniors now. I don't really hang with infants, but this girl needed me somehow. Yeah, okay, I said. I'll help you, but I'm going to have to make it snappy. She smiled even bigger then and started to look happy. It's pink, she said. My lunchbox with Barbie on the front. Just my luck, I thought, as I started on the hunt. I found it in the playground. There was no one else who saw me. She was so grateful for my finding it. She let me have her pepperami. And later, after school, when I thought all this was at an end, I saw her talking with her mum. She said, that's him, that's my new friend. My heart sank for just a moment until I thought about it some. Why shouldn't she be proud, I thought, and want to tell her mum. After all, she's still an infant and I am in year three. I'd feel just as big if I were her and that little girl were me. And let's now join together in a time of prayer and reflection. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now in this our time of worship. Let us give thanks for all the people in our lives whose smiles and kind words and thoughtfulness when searching for lost lunchboxes can help to make life worthwhile. We might think of neighbours or friends or family members or members of this, our congregation, of our wider movement, maybe. We might think of strangers that we pass in the streets. Let's give thanks for each and every person, the living and the departed, all those who have brought warmth and richness to our lives. 
Dear God, help us to be good friends and companions to others. To know when to speak and when to be silent and listen. Help us to be people prepared to make that effort for others. To walk that extra mile. To make that phone call or visit or send that card or text. Help us to cherish and appreciate all the living beings who share this planet of ours and who bring us companionship in one way or another. The birds visiting our gardens, so busy at this time of year. The dogs and cats and other pets that grace our lives and bring love and good humour to bless our days. Forgive us, dear God, when we are ever less than loving to others, when our fears or tiredness, irritability or meanness get the better of us. Help us to love and accept our own failings as well as other people's and inspire us always to be bigger-hearted and kinder and more loving whenever we can. And in a brief time of silence now, let us direct our own thoughts and prayers to people and places where love and friendship are sorely needed. Today, we might think particularly of the people of Syria, Iraq and the Ukraine, where sectarian divisions are resulting in violence and fear. May love heal hatred and mend divisions this day and all days. Amen. A story. A story tells that uh, two friends were walking through the desert. And during some point of their journey, they had an argument. It all got a bit heated, as you might expect, I suppose, when walking in a hot desert. And as a result of that argument, one friend slapped the other one in the face. The one who who was slapped was hurt, but without saying anything, wrote in the sand. Today, my friend slapped my face. And they kept on walking, in silence, I expect, until they found an oasis where they decided to take a bath in the cooling waters. The one who had been slapped earlier on then got completely stuck in the mud and started to drown. And the friend saved him. And after he recovered from that near drowning, he wrote on a stone, Today my friend saved my life. And that friend, the one who had both slapped and saved his best friend that day, asked him, Well, after I hurt you, you wrote in the sand. And now, now you write on the stone. Why? 
And that poor, slapped and nearly drowned friend replied, well, when someone hurts us, we should write it down in the sand, where winds of forgiveness can erase it away. But when someone does something good for us, we must engrave it in stone, where no wind can ever remove it. Now, this is one of those stories, isn't it? It's simple to tell, but it's profound in its message, if and when. I feel really ready to hear it, because it's actually a story that shakes me up, and it asks me to consider my ability to let go of the wrongs that are done to me. Because we know, don't we, in truth... If we are alive and human, then wrongs will have been done to us and people will continue to hurt, annoy, offend and in many, many ways fall short in how they relate to us. And I guess we'll do the same. We'll fall short in how we relate to others. I was an only child of older parents who adored me but left me pretty much to my own devices. And I was quite content to be alone, a friend to myself. They were the neighbours' children and I knew them, so I was not completely solitary. I sometimes played with them, but mostly I was quite happy. Reading, making things, watching television, on my own. Some of my parents' friends were my friends. Auntie Laura was very special. A Russian emigre, an opera singer who had to sing in bars to survive. Until she married Uncle Dick, a sea captain. She was also a whiz with needlework. And I'm good with my hands too. We were creative together. I never felt she was older or bigger than me. She was my friend. Then, of course, there were school friends. I loved school. How many of us are lucky enough to say that? I was in the out crowd with the geeks and the weirdos. A good place to be, I thought. Competing with Michael Marr, Alan Ow, and Rachel Speak in maths and physics. Good fun. I was hopeless in sports, but I still managed to become captain of the rounders team. We lost every game, of course. I like to think that I could do a better job of that now. I'm certainly fitter now than I ever was when I was 12 or 16. I remember there was a moment, I think it It was in my late teens when I realised that when I was talking to people, I wasn't looking at them in the eyes. I looked maybe at their chin or at their nose. But I recall the shift from looking at them generally to meeting them through their eyes. That was scary. It's still scary. Good. And I'm still in touch with a whole gang of my school friends. We meet for dinner every time I visit Hong Kong, my original home, 
where many of them still live. And there are a clutch of us who live in Europe. We have holidays together, maybe once every other year. We went to Scotland once, then Prague, and Barcelona too, where we talked and walked for so many hours that we decided that the next holiday had to be at a spa resort or in a cottage with a good wood fire. No more walking, just talking and cooking for each other. And over the years, from being a child who was quite alone and almost, almost unfriendly, and few playmates, I have followed a calling to work in a special kind of theatre that brings people together to make friends and which requires me to work with teams of people very playfully developing their creativity and childlike awareness. How good is that? And this work has generated deep connections for me with people all over the world. I think it was J.L. Marino who said it, but I'm sure others have said it too, and I will now, that truly it's never too late to have a happy childhood. So there are old friends, new friends, and I know some of us are very particular about who we call a friend. There are friends, and there are acquaintances. But friendliness is an attitude towards life, isn't it? I drive along the road and pull up at a zebra crossing. I gesture to the two people who are waiting, inviting them to cross, and I smile. They set off crossing the road confidently with a smile towards me. And when I'm crossing a road myself, I make a point to wave a thank you in the direction of the nearest driver, even if I can't see them properly through the windscreen. Then there was a time when I sat next to a young man on the tube going home who needed some directions. And in my attitude of friendliness and when he said he had only just moved into a flat near Portobello Road, I chatted about the neighbourhood amenities, about our Notting Hill Carnival and so forth in a neighbourly, friendly sort of way. This almost got me into trouble. I had to gently disentangle myself when I suspected he was developing a romantic interest in me. (laughs) Another time on a bus... I had a long conversation with someone who had only just arrived in the country. He was very young, looking for accommodation, and a little anxious. I I gave him an idea of the options I knew of, and then we talked about this and that. And then, when I got off the bus, I wished him well, and wished him courage. And sometimes when the postman drop mail through my door or when the councilmen come to clean and clear the bin cupboard just outside, I yell a cheerful, thank you, if I'm in. I'm not always so friendly, though, especially to myself. But lately, though, 
I feel a growing need to make a new kind of friendship. I grew up in metropolitan Hong Kong. I feel more at ease going up an elevator to the top floor of a skyscraper than I am standing at the bottom of a tall tree. And, and we know our world, our planet, needs our true friendship. So there's something for me about meeting nature, the raw earth, and making friends with it in a deep way. And wondering how that would change my life. That's scary. Good. And so, may the blessed sunlight of this midsummer shine upon you and warm your heart till it glows like a great fire and may strangers warm themselves in your presence as well as friends. May the cool light of the moon bring you clarity and discernment to know what this world requires of you. And may the strength of the earth be with you this day and all days, so you know that you are safe and protected by all that is. Go well, dear friends. Amen. And blessed be.